Surprise, round 21 of the AFL season, like every round of this damn season, was absolutely insane, ridiculous. I mean, I couldn't expect what happened and started off hot with Friday Football too, with GWS beating Geelong. I'm a, I'm a pretty solid supporter of that team. To be honest though, I, I am a little bit of a Debbie Downer a lot of the time, especially on this show. But I was not expecting this, so I was thrilled with that. I mean, we saw St. Kilda um, take down Sydney. We saw Essendon upset the Bulldogs. And we saw um, Melbourne actually beat West Coast uh, over there in um, in Perth. So there's a lot of really crazy stuff. Obviously, our power rankings are going to look very different with the shuffle at the top of the league. But Donnie, how are we feeling after round 21 with two rounds to go in, in the regular season? Oh, when it, when it comes to the overall look of this league, I am absolutely ecstatic. When it comes to my tipping, I'm, I'm literally, <laughs> I'm literally in the, you know, what house, because mm-hmm. I went a total of two and seven oh. this round. It seemed like every tip that the, the upsets that I tipped didn't happen. And the upsets that I didn't tip did happen. Yep. So it, it was, it was a very entertaining week. It was, it was fascinating. It was fascinating, fascinating footy. Just, just because you had teams that over, over excelled how they did you had teams that underachieved so i'm i'm very fascinated to see how these next two rounds play out because i i literally have no idea how these next two rounds are going to go because mm-hmm. there is no rhyme or reason mm-hmm. the way this year is going exactly i mean it's safe to say that the top six might be all but locked up especially the top four might be locked up but those seven and eight spots are anybody's game at this point but ladies and gentlemen thank you so much for tuning in to the afl breakdown for round 21 of course i'm your host joint ross allen joined alongside by the fourth long afl correspondent coach donnie hess and we are the american voice of australian football and it's time to dive on into things and like i mentioned in the intro GWS, Geelong Cats, taking place at GMHBA, where the Cats are almost unbeatable this season, especially unbeatable at home. But the Giants, although they really tried to lose this one, it seemed like in the second half. Oh, man, Don, you have no idea how nervous I was in that fourth quarter. It wasn't just me at the gym. The workout wasn't the reason I was sweating bolts. It was this game is why I was sweating bolts because, I mean, we were at almost a 40-point lead. And then we get down within 10 at one point. It was a nine-point game with a little bit left to go in the fourth. But the Giants got bailed out because they had that huge lead. But also, you had three players that realistically couldn't have gone to three boats for this game with Toby Green kicking four goals in this one. Sam Taylor playing amazing, amazing defense against this, this Geelong Cats team. He stifled their scoring for most of it. And he also got 21 disposals, 17 interception marks, and also one hell of a shiner on his left eye. And Tim Tratno finished with two goals in 34 
disposals, okay? So this was a, a, a really, really good GWS game. And if they keep playing like this, uh, well, well, obviously they have to have Toby Green they want to keep playing like this. We'll see what happens. I mean, his, his uh, suspension was taken from two weeks to one. Now uh, they're also re uh, appealing the one game. So we'll see how that goes um, as we're recording this. But if GWS plays every game like this, it doesn't matter who they're playing. They have a chance that they can even win. I don't even, even know if they make the finals at this point, but if they keep playing like this, they'll make the finals and probably even win a game too. Yeah, this this was just an absolutely outstanding game by GWS. And, and the fact that so many injuries, so many guys were out of this game, it, it was ridiculous. Even like half the damn just, roster? Well, and so many of their top 22 were out. I mean, thank God for Toby Green and, and, and some of the guys still being on there and mm -hmm. Tom Green. And, and a special shout out to Sam Taylor. What he did to Tomahawk, to Tomahawk was absolutely outstanding. I, I, so many people came off this weekend talking about Aaliyah Aaliyah, but Sam Taylor, I mean, hats off to you from me because that was an incredible performance to shut down one of the strongest guys as a full forward in Tom Hawkins is incredible. He made it look easy at some and points. He just he just played it so well. He was so smart reading the footy. He took it away, and really GWS really just did what they needed to do. This is, I, I, I know we discussed it earlier in the year. Leon Cameron was on the hot seat. I, I, I'm almost of the agreement that Leon Cameron's got a really good argument to be coach of the year because, with all of the injuries, with all of the issues, if he gets this team into the finals. What a performance, coaching wise! That's Absolutely a great call. outstanding. I That's mean, a great call. I mean, you've you've got you've got three coaches right now that I could I could sit here and say you could you're splitting hairs to who should win coach of the year between Simon Goodwin at Melbourne, who nobody expected to be there, Sydney, who most people did not expect to make the finals, and then this exactly. GWS team. If they make the finals, that is a three. How do you pick? How, legitimately, how do you pick which one? Because a GWS team that. I mean, a wish <laughs> if it were only that simple, but just an incredible, incredible performance in GWS. Again, they, they show why they've been so They've been such a pain for so many teams because when everybody tells them they're not supposed to win is when they come up with their best performances. So I'm really keen to see how this Friday goes mm -hmm. because there's some people jumping on the GWS bandwagon. Now, I don't know if we'll want to discuss it too much. I think the Toby, Toby Green suspension is going to throw this game a little bit of a curveball mm -hmm. because earlier in the year we said Toby Green, they couldn't win without Toby Green, and they did. So we'll really have to see. My, my tip has bounced back a couple of times back and forth with this next game this week with them in Richmond mm -hmm. because I think this is absolutely massive. I agree with a few of the commentators. This is an eliminator. Whoever wins yes. this game most likely is in. If GWS wins this, they are in the finals if richmond wins they most likely will make the finals so an incredible incredible game congratulations to gws you did something very few people can do and that's go down to cadenia park and beat the cats so well done congratulations here's the tigers this week now you got to step up and do it again if they fall short the questions come back again are they good enough to make the finals that's a great question and also what do you think about the thoughts there's some, some talk after this game that Toby Green should be named captain for the Giants next season. And I think I have to agree with it. It's just because 
Um, like they were making really good points. Is I mean, when this when Toby Green's on, I mean they could win without him, but when Toby Green's on, the Giants are on. When Toby Green's off, a lot of times the Giants are off, and, and Toby Green, I, the the attitude uh, um, and style of football that he brings to the game, I think it's super important for this team. He uh, he's ultra confident. He's a high high level competitor, and I think any team would would be lucky to have a captain like that. It's one of those. The way he plays is inspiring. The I think the biggest thing that a lot of people kind of negate when it comes to Toby Green is just the fact that he he has had some issues with the MRO, including this game. I mean, we can chat about that in just a little bit. Um, I I see no problem with it. I, I he's he's one of those players that when he's on your team you love him. When he's not on your team you absolutely hate him. And there's it's hard to find a middle ground, unfortunately. But. I, I, I don't think it's a bad thing. The biggest thing that you got to, you don't want to kind of upset the apple cart when it comes to Canelio, but I, mm-hmm. I don't see it as a problem. I think it would be a good thing for the footy club. I think they've responded very well when he has been named captain. So for me, I, I don't, I have no problem with it. And now let's roll into the second game of the round because, oh boy, I'm so sorry, Blues fans, because it really seems like that in absolute typical Carlton fashion, they go up, they get a huge win, and then the very next round, it looks like the previous round never existed, and they just look awful. And in this one, they end up losing to the Gold Coast Suns, seventy-six to fifty-seven. Yeah, the Gold Coast win this one by nineteen. Oh, and honestly, this one hurt to watch. I mean, for for those, ooh, let's go. 28, 28 Gold Coast Sun supporters this round. It was a great game. It was a great, uh, I mean, Gold Coast played this game well. They they looked good throughout most of this. Um, I mean, except like maybe the halfway part when you saw Carlton actually get to a little bit of the lead. Uh, the Suns came in. They they really took over in that last little bit of the fourth to, to clinch this game up. But you got to start asking questions again. Like, uh, if if Teague isn't out of a job already, we talked last round, uh, last week, that it, um, we're almost assuming that he is. Uh, the, the decision seemingly has already been made right with the, re- with the review they had. Uh, there's there's still some conjecture. There's still some things way in the air. So I'm not really going to go there personally, mm-hmm. uh, unless Carlton wins these last two games and is very impressive doing that. I'm getting the vibe through many of media and sources and things like that 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 teague will not will will not be in the coach's box next year i think that might i be agree best. but but the thing though is we don't know who's his replacement we don't mm-hmm. know who's his replacement there's still several options out there including the man the myth the legend that is alistair clarkson considering he won't be at hawthorne anymore but mm-hmm. i don't know this this Which, was, of course we talked was... about that last round uh, that um we, that segment is over in our round 20 breakdown also just to say sound load segment over on youtube just go on over to thefourthlong.com for all the links to that. Sorry, Johnny, had to had the plug. Not a problem. <laughs> you you, you got it. You got a network. You got a network. This was Carl. This was Carl. Old Carlton from earlier in the year, rearing its ugly head. Defensive breakdowns, just mistakes when they were the, at the worst possible times, and uh, unfortunately, this cost them the, this a fleeting chance. But this cost them the finals. Yes. This this cost them this game. 
this was a win. Most people had chalked down. They're going to beat the Suns. They sh- the Suns are not playing well. They should get the win. <laughs> they don't. There goes their finals. Unfortunately, I think Teague goes, and we'll really have to see how that. But Stewie Do again, is, is continuing to bolster himself and, and keep his grasp on the coaching job at Gold Coast. We'll have to see how that does over the offseason again. Still many, many things to go down through the year, but another another big win by the Suns that they're they're playing better footy in the second half of the year, which notoriously they have struggled mm-hmm. at doing. So we'll, we'll really have to see. But this this is more I, I hang this more on Carlton's miss mishappenings mm-hmm. and, and their mistakes more than Gold Coast winning it because I really really think this this was a golden opportunity for Carlton to. <laughs> to stick their nose proverbially in the race for the finals. And unfortunately they got it. They got it punched back through the door and the door was slammed shut. Well, the same thing we do too, is that he, although he might not be there with gold coast next year, he could be positioning himself for one of the coaching vacancies that um, coach uh, Alistair doesn't take over, whether it be a Collingwood or maybe it, Carlton, if um, for what if um, Alistair might just go on over and replace you with do there at Gold Coast. So he could he could be kind of leveraging that right now. So if he finishes out the season on the strong though, he could be finding himself in, in in a pretty solid head coaching job next year if he's still not with Gold Coast. We'll have to see. Stewie Do is he has shown he can coach. The biggest question will be is will somebody give him a second chance if Gold Coast does let him go? Well, we'll really have to see. Mm-hmm. I I really would hope so. I think he's done one. I think he's done pretty well. Yes. Yeah. The, again, the, the the results have not always been on in his favor, but I think he's what he's really brought there is is just a great coaching style that I think will really stand up. It's can he can he get the leash, the ability to do it? So exactly. And uh, we were talking about Richmond uh, when we were talking about GWS and Geelong. So let's talk about Richmond now. They took on North Melbourne Roos, a team that's been playing great recently. Richmond has been sliding a little bit ever since they had Jack, uh, Jack Rival. It's the 300th game. But they're able to pick things back up. They're able to knock off the Roos with, um, and they actually beat them fairly handily by 33 in this one. And this is something that you weren't really expecting uh, if you just like, if you saw the score at halftime or watched until halftime, this was not a game you thought was going to end in this way. But they keep their finals hopes alive and they go on a crazy run into the second half. They come back from being down by about, um, got about like 26 in this one, 27 is what um, I think it was out to be. And in the second half, they outscored the Roos 12 goals to three. Uh, they went on a rampage in the second half, and they out-contest, out-tackle, and out-pressure the Ruse after a poor showing in the first half. And although for the Ruse, you had uh, Cameron Zerhard doing his best to kind of just, just hold off the Tigers. Uh, obviously, his four, four goals just end up not being enough in this one. And so let's take a look at Richmond Finals chances, Donnie. Um, obviously, it is does kind of what we talked about with G. Davis Long. It really just does come down to that game, doesn't it? Pretty much. I mean, this to go back to the mm-hmm. game really quickly. This was a tale of two halves. I mean, mm-hmm. North Melbourne was clinical. I mean, surgically clinical in that first half, just absolutely carving Richmond apart. And in the second half, Richmond's style, their game style, the chaos footy, the constant pressure, the constant attack 
finally started getting home and they started taking away the short kicking, the kicking through the corridor and using the footy and North Melbourne just literally imploded on itself in the second half. Richmond got going and when Richmond gets going, they are like a freight train. You cannot stop them. You just have to hope they derail themselves and unfortunately they did not so again the ruse again continue to show they are a scrappy tough bunch they're going to give you everything but the biggest issue that they run into is they're still a very young side they're still a side growing so they're going to go through growing pains and unfortunately this sometimes happens you have a great first half and then the second half you fall off a cliff unfortunately Mm -hmm. again richmond is such a good team they're such a team-based style and system that yes they're without dusty yes they're without some of the injuries but they just keep plugging people in and finding a way to get it done so uh hats off to richmond again a big win and i completely agree with you this this game between gws richmond the winner is most likely in especially if you're gws you are in richmond you win you're pretty much in you just may have to make sure you win the last game to to guarantee it so this is a absolutely titanic game on friday night i cannot wait these two clubs are going to get after it hopefully hopefully the footy holds up and we have a nice tight tight close game because if it becomes a blowout man it's so anticlimactic i think it might be a blowout of course we'll talk a little bit more when we get to our tipping but it might be if it's a blowout uh it's either gonna be a really close game in my opinion, or it's going to be absolute blowout by either team. And uh, so I, I guess we'll have to wait to see. Uh, I'm super excited for that one, though. Um, and the game that I was almost disappointed by this game because, yeah, poor Adelaide, who is, they pretty much locked themselves into a top four spot here. They're up by two games uh, or eight points on Brisbane with two to go. And they, um, I believe they had the, the, the percentage on them, too. And they're also up two games on Sydney. So they, they almost have to respond to the top four. And so what you want to look here is that if you have your spot all pretty much locked up, it's all about show. It's all about building momentum when you're going into the finals or like in other sport when you're trying to roll into the playoffs in the season. They did not do that here against Adelaide because Adelaide, you're a team. Uh, Adelaide is a team that either has a really great offense when you have Taylor Walker on the field, obviously, now on this field for issues that everyone already knows about. And, and so, um, I mean, I really don't think I have anything more to say on the situation because what already need to be said has been said. Uh, so I'm just going to stick to the footy on this one. Um, but when they, when they don't have them, their offense is kind of in the crapper and their defense is almost always in the crapper. I mean, the, the least amount of points they give up this season was around 60. They normally allow in the 80 point range, but your Port Adelaide, and you put the 55 on this one. You kick 7-13. This is not a great showing. And honestly, this, it, it, uh, like I said, I'm a little bit disappointed. Even with the comeback, they were down 18. They came back to win this game. They shouldn't have been in that situation in the first place. So, yeah, they're, they're going to be in the floor. And they're, they're going to have two chances to win the game in, in the finals. I, I, this just does not build any faith. It, it doesn't build me any confidence in this team Similar to how I've kind of felt with them all season. They've been good, but I felt lukewarm at best. This is one of those games that, um, for, for the Australians that are listening to it, I compare this to college football rivalries over here in the States. 
not always do you see a rivalry be super competitive, but this one is. I mean, every time the showdown happens, Adelaide, Port Adelaide, it is always a cracking game. Yes, you occasionally will have blowouts. I mean, it happens. I mean, sometimes you just have years. That's what happened earlier this year. Exactly. But this was literally what happens if you take a rivalry team for granted a little bit. And I kind of think Port did at the start of this game. Mm -hmm. Adelaide came out nothing to lose they we had the we had the tex wash walker issue which i agree I, I think it's been talked about way too much so we, we won't discuss that but adelaide just kind of went for it they 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 just kind of said you know what he's not here let's just go for it we're just gonna play footy and let's see what happens and for three and a half quarters adelaide was the better team mm-hmm. there there is no denying that not only on the scoreboard but just by the play and port class and their talent came to fruition in this game and again like I said in the first game with Sam Taylor Alir Alir with an incredible incredible game Six, like 16 intercept possessions in this game just absolutely incredible he wins he wins the showdown medal which doesn't usually happen for a defender so that's pretty impressive there um, all the Swans fans are crying because they don't have them on their team anymore and it's okay oh um, imagine you're got- still on this team this season yeah, but the thing I always the thing I always tell myself is is that everybody's fallen in love with Tom Hickey, so so it's yeah. for me it's if if you got to lose one to get one, I'm I'm okay with that. Oh yeah, that, but but I, I love it. Like and and I told several of the poor people people that I knew they're gonna love him. I said that he, I said he's gonna fit perfectly into your style, and he has. Um, he is definitely all Australian argument. He's got a huge argument for all Australian mm-hmm. this year, but. Port did what they needed to do. Sometimes you got to win dirty. These, these are the games that you have to win. And, I mean, and the crazy, here's the scary part about it. With two games left, there is two points. Two points between first and fourth. Here's the thing that'll make your brain blow. There is still a chance Port Adelaide can win the minor premiership again this year. <laughs> How crazy is that? A team that has been called short track bullies, a team that can only win at home, they only beat the teams outside the eight, still has a chance to win the minor premiership if they can win both games and get a little bit of help, especially considering they do have a massive game in round twenty in round twenty-three mm-hmm. when they play the Geelong when they play uh the Western Bulldogs. So there is still there is still a shot. There is still a shot for Port Adelaide to be minor premiers at the end of round 23 how crazy is that yeah honestly i'm not too surprised because they're a good team but similar to last season i just don't know if they have what it takes to actually contend uh for the flag ultimately hey but they have two more rounds this this uh regular season to prove it wrong so i think we'll just have to wait and see what what kind of statement they're able to end the season on well, they came within a quick to get to get to the granny granny last year, so they, they weren't mm-hmm. they weren't as bad as we as our as our esteemed colleague Brian Barish who we had it. We, we were all kind of <laughs> doubting them at the start, but they still they came super yes. super close. But again, just a grit, just a gritty win. Again, mm-hmm. I I I my thoughts are with the Crows. I'm hoping that everything can get worked out. We'll, we'll really have to see how everything kind of goes. But I mean, the crazy part is the Crows are now in contention to win the wooden spoon again. Yeah, they are. A weakened roster and still two games that they're they're not favorites in, shall we say? 
Oh boy, uh, I, I'd be devastated for them if they start. They start off pretty well. If they end as wooden spoon favorites, I'm just gonna, oh, I'm just gonna shed a, a tear for every one of those Crows fans because obviously, that would suck. That would suck. Well, the cra- and, uh, man. and the and the crazy part about it is there's some Crows fans that wouldn't mind it because one of the top one of the top three draft picks is a South Australian Sam, um, Horn, I mm-hmm. think his name is. And he's been absolutely lighting up the sandful. Oh, wow. So there, there are some people that are that are there's some Crows fans that are even a little bit like uh, we wouldn't mind finishing one or two at the bottom because it would give us a chance to get a South Australian kid that's looking like one of the top three picks in the draft. Well, I guess that wouldn't be one of the worst things there. Um, but kind of, if you want to talk about sucking though, maybe I wouldn't use that harsh of a word about Sydney, but it was. Not a good game if you're looking uh, for the kind of implications it has on your finals. And this kind of takes out a top four contention here with their loss to St. Kilda, which surprised a lot and a lot of people here. I mean, it it was one of those things where it did look like a bit of a trap game. But I I thought, uh, I mean, if you're going to take bets, you're going to bet that Sydney's going to win this game almost every time. But Guess not, because the Swans that were my hottest team in the league, Donnie's second best team in the league with our power rankings, they lose to a team that's on a three-game losing streak. Uh, well, it was a really good game, though. Let's let's start off with that. Was, both teams got to a hot start in the first. The Saints pull away for good, ultimately, in the third. And for them, you have Rowan Marshall finishing with a career-high 25 disposal with 19 contested possessions. Obviously, that aided them immensely. And where it really saw a kind of where, where the Saints dominated this, it was not the inner 50, but closer to the goal in that inner 30. The Saint, the, the Swans really couldn't couldn't, couldn't uh, catch a break when it came to defending that because the Saints kicked seven and one from inside 30 meters in, in, in this game. And so I, I mean, the Swans were able to, to effectively hold them out at range, but when it came to getting close and maybe getting those big marks that that came in kind of close to the goal square. They couldn't do that, and that ended up being one of their biggest downfalls here. So, um, so if we look over at the ladder, St. Kilda, still right there. I mean, they might be in 11th, but they're just two points back from eight. So they're still in this thing. Oh, man. As, as a Swanee supporter, you're gutted. This, this was this kind of, for many people, that it kind of came out of nowhere. For the rational side of me that had that had watched the first game between these two teams, this didn't surprise me. And and and, and, and listen to me, Swans fans, before before you, before you <laughs> jump and you start throwing things at the at the monitor, calm down. This Swans team, this this Saints team, I had making the finals this year mm-hmm. with their pressure, their ability, and the guys that they had on their list. I thought this was a finals team. This Saints team played the game i thought they would play most of this season this was one of the reasons why i wasn't expecting i wasn't sitting i i said in our tips i said i believe this one's a win but this scares me because this is the team that everybody's expecting them to beat they're not playing well the swans are down the road for seven weeks they finally got reunited with their families and i've, I've seen some people are like well that's, they were probably distracted i'm like I don't like going there. I don't like making excuses. No, they didn't play well. Plain plain and simply, the Swans did not play well because the Saints didn't let them. The Saints got their pressure up when they needed to. They got turnovers, and they kicked goals. 
unlike the first game where, where Sean Higgins goes 2-4, he goes 4-1 in this game. So he completely flips his goal kicking, which I think flips the game. And it really does kind of show the first game of the year, the Swans got lucky. They won that game because the Saints lost it, not because the Swans won it. An incredible game in my hat's off to the Saints. My only worry with them, though, is yes, they're only two points back, but their percentage is atrocious. Yeah. <laughs> and if the Giants win and, and knock themselves out, and, and hypothetically speaking, West Coast drops the Western Derby and stays at 40, that leaves a chance, a chance you could see by the end of this weekend you could see at least three teams tied at 40 and percentages is what's going to get you into the finals into round 23, which is insane. And the saints, unfortunately are not on the right end of that percentage ladder being 12 percentage points behind Richmond. Meaning if Richmond beats GWS, which then would jump them over the, over the giants, not only are they two points behind the giants, but they're also percentage points way behind mm -hmm. the Tigers. So if I'm the Saints, you need a ton of help. And unfortunately, Richmond and Essendon's schedules are not looking good for that possibility. The Saints may have won. They may have kept their finals hopes alive, but it may be too little too late, unfortunately. Yes, you've still got that two-point gap, but I have a feeling if, if GWS were to win, that two-point gap really doesn't matter because it's really going to come down to what does West Coast do in the Derby and what does GWS do? Because if they both win, if both those two teams win, mm -hmm. they're not going to fall out. And the Saints aren't going to be able to jump Richmond unless they get a massive win. So we'll really have to see. Unfortunately, incredible performance by the Saints, but I'm just I'm thinking it's just a tiny bit too late. They've had too many big losses this year, mm -hmm. and it's going to make sure they don't make finals, which is sad because this is a good Saints team. They've just been so inconsistent. Who knows? Maybe the the uh, I mean, maybe G or the GWS loses to the Lions or to the Tigers in a really low scoring game, and then the Tigers lose. 150 to zero in the last round of the season. Then the Saints making off percentage points. <laughs> Honestly, with the season, that doesn't sound too abstract. Uh, if I'm being honest here, but the Saints are going to need some help, like yes said, Donnie. And let's go from a have all these games with huge finals implications. Let's go to one with uh, all but zero uh, finals implications. Hawthorne and Collingwood. And while though it didn't doesn't really affect what we're looking at for the finals, it was still a pretty solid game here. Um, as Hawthorne essentially um, removes themselves from wooden spoon contention with this win over the Magpies. They are, are pretty much, I don't think they're able to, they're uh, more than likely not going to be able to get that anymore. They got a, a really solid lead. I mean, um, almost touching 50 points there in the third term. Uh, Collingwood brings it back a little bit closer, ends the game, I guess, with a better score than what it should have been, being within 19 instead of just about 50. Uh, but man, it was uh, it was an interesting game if you're the Magpies, and and so uh, we saw the Hawks. They found most of the success here off of their set shots. They scored nine of their fifteen goals from them, and then also Hawthorne was leading the way in forward of fifty disposals with a seventy three percent efficiency rating on that one. So obviously, it, it showed the score. They were playing a lot better offense than the Magpies were, which is kind of. Uh, Kind of what we're used to from uh, seeing from Collingwood uh, 
this the season. Normally they play a little better, they play a lot better defense and offense, and they just didn't really do either all that well this season. So even with this game go, going the way it is, who which team do you think is uh, going to finish the season with a brighter future um, uh, going going into the twenty twenty two season? Oh man, this is such a double edged sword because you you look at it, you Hawthorne Hawthorne wins the game and Alistair Clarkson again gets gets some praise for mm-hmm. he's he's coaching some wins. I mean he's not taking he's not sitting in the back, kind of part pardon my French here half assing it. Yeah. I mean there's there's showed there's one camera angle where he got so upset because he was trying to get a message to the bench. He yelled at one of the assistants because he couldn't get the phone to work. So it, it's not like he's sitting here just malazing through these final rounds, mm-hmm. but. It, man this is such a difficult question because if you look at the list I'm like no if you look at the list it's true. on paper you it's would... way different than like on field exactly if you look at the just the just the list just the playing group i would have to say i think i think collingwood because collingwood has the father son with the Dacos kid coming in next year so they've got a lot of talent there you still got brody grundy one of the top um, Ruckman in in the game. You saw all Australian age... Mason Cox. Let's go, baby, Coxill gang. You still, well, unfortunately, he's out of contract and has not been offered a new one. Oh. So we'll have to see. Mason Cox is the OBS. Oh yeah, we'll, let's get that train going. <laughs> we'll have to we'll have to see on that. When it comes to the Hawks, if you look at their list, they've they've got some they've got some aged players. You got Chad Wingard. You still got Burgoyne. Um, yeah, just Tom Mitchell stay. We'll, we'll definitely mm. have to see right now. Just looking at it right now, not taking the result into factor, I would say Collingwood is the more desirable job, honestly. Mm-hmm. But you just don't know what Tom Mitchell brings. You don't know what their offseason's going to do. I mean, you I mean Hawthorne's gonna get a top five pick, so they're gonna get a good kid. Like we said, Collingwood's going to get Nick Dacos either one or two because of his father's son. That's all they're going to get. Mm-hmm. But it's still a darn good player. He's top five in this draft pick, if not top two. So it's an incredibly good player. Like I said, I, I don't know how the coaching, how the coaching thing is going to go. There's, there's a lot of things. How is the board going to look? Who's the president of Collingwood? Same thing with Hawthorne is Kenneth going to stay because there's, there's still people calling for Kenneth to be fired. They think he's really bumbled this entire Alistair Clarkson mm-hmm. thing. So there's way to that. These are, too. these are two teams with very murky, very cloudy futures right now. Like I said, really quick, quick take on it. I would say Collingwood right now, but I want to know what's going on. What's going on with, with, with Mitchell and how that kind of goes there right now. Collingwood. Mm-hmm. That's a fun one. If you guys have an opinion on this one, would uh, would love for you to weigh in, whether it be on the comments, YouTube over on Twitter, Instagram, or you can leave a five-star review over on Apple podcast with your opinion and your answer to this question but let's keep things rolling let's go into the biggest game of the round at least in my opinion um if it's not gws and geelong it's the western bulldogs and the essendon bombers as the dons get a huge win on the road against the previously top team in the league and they did it almost in a kind of similar gws fashion with the with the injured list they did without Heppel, McGrath, Langford, Caldwell, Hooker, and Jones in this one. And they still got a, a pretty solid win. And it's the accuracy in front of goal 
that really does it in for the dogs, or maybe the inaccuracy because they they uh, uh kicked uh, 12 and uh, 12 and 12, while the dogs are able to kick 15 and 7. If you just give a few more of those behinds into goals, this is a totally different game right there, and they they win it by a couple points in this one, and. I was just crazily impressed because I was. It, it was. It's always tough to play this Western Bulldogs midfield. It has been since the beginning of the season. It's been like that through the season, and even at the end of the season, it's still tough to play through them. But maybe not for the Dons. The Dons were able to kind of slice their way through there, play a little methodical, play a little fast at times, and it, it, it was the pressure, the offensive pressure that SN was able to put on this one. They had more goals inside the thirty, and they scored seventy points from stoppage chains in this one. And also for the doggies, bad news. Uh, Josh Bruce is gone for the season, which is awful, awful news because he's a really exciting player to watch. But man, if a loss is is bad enough, a loss of a player is going to be even even worse. Man, this this game really, if you look at it, there this really came down to two players' impact on the game, and, and that's one not too many people have discussed, but I I really agree with a few pundits on this. Sam Draper, the the rock for Essendon, was absolutely outstanding in this game. He he did everything he could to neutralize Tim English. He made some impacts when he needed to. He did things that he needed to do. And how do you not go by a guy that's nickname is Two Meter Peter and Peter Wright, <laughs> taking seven goals straight, no behinds. That is what won the game for Essendon is his accuracy in front of goal. And the scary part about it is, is that this Essendon team, again, as you said, is injured. But Western, the Western Bulldogs got Adam Trelaw back in this game. So again, it kind of, it kind of points to it. Just because a superstar is healthy, do they should they immediately go back into the lineup? Did it, mm. did it disrupt this the the really well prepared, very well done, well running Western Bulldogs team? So we'll really have to see. But this now puts Essendon back in the hunt for the finals. Percentage is still good. They're right there with Richmond. Essendon's got a shot with a couple of games to go. I'm darn this Essendon team. I, <laughs> I really, really, en- I really enjoy watching them play. They just play a brand of footy that is so much fun to watch. They, if they get into the finals, they are going to be a headache for whoever they get. Mm-hmm. For whoever they get, I'm almost like. If if you take away the Swans, I almost have to say my second team now is is slowly becoming Essendon because I just love the way they play. Peter Peter Wright, Anthony McDonald, Tippin Woody. I'm loving Nick Cox. Archie Perkins is playing really really well. Draper looks like somebody out of a hairband. It's absolutely outstanding <laughs> to see him and to see them see the Bombers do it again with so many injuries, not having. Not having some of the guys that they did, it, it's really outstanding to see. And this was not one I expected them to win. And they're coming into two games they should win. So they really are going to put a lot of pressure on Richmond, a lot of pressure on West Coast. They're going to put pressure on GWS because if any of them stumble, there's the Bombers right there. It's like uh, it's almost like the the Dons are not necessarily, but they're just kind of holding that flame right behind these guys, trying to um, trying to keep them running. You know, if they're the ones cracking the whip, and someone falls behind, they're just going to jump right in. And as long as it's not at the expense of the GWS Giants, hope hey, uh, maybe we could do it at the expense of the West Coast Eagles. But I would love to see the Dons in the finals. I think they bring so much excitement 
to to uh, to, to this game. Uh, I think it almost be um, it'd be disappointing to to see them not make it. And if they if they don't make it this year for whatever reason, they're they're going right back there next year, and it might be even better next season. But oh man, this was a tough game. This is a tough game. It's a tough round for 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 Frio fans here because not only do you lose a bad game against Brisbane, but West Coast they look really good uh, against Melbourne. Of course, we'll get to that game here in a second. But the Lions get just their second win since Hipwood tore his ACL. They bounce back from their loss to Hawthorne, and this is on the back of a fantastic performance by both Joe Danher. And Dane Zorko, as they both put on the show, Dan here with four goals. Zorko led the game with 34, dispo- 34 disposals and 17 contested possessions in this one. And for on the Frio side, it seems like maybe maybe just Sean Darcy and Travis Kohler, uh, Collier were the, the only ones that were trying to kick this team's butt and try to get them into the finals because they look like they're almost dragging a lifeless corpse along at times during this game. Darcy finished finish with another 29 uh, um, hitouts and a goal. Um, and then, yeah, Travis finished with three goals in this one. And Brio's finals hopes just took a huge, huge hit. Yeah, unfortunately, this is this a worst possible time for, for a stinker happened against the Brisbane Lions team that just needed a little bit of positive momentum and unfortunately Frio obliged and it just really really stinks because I this Frio team just they have so much energy they had so much energy coming off some of those wins that I I I, again these these Western Australian teams just keep baffling me as soon as I think I've got it figured out I don't and and Unfortunately, now Frio, this loss kills, absolutely killed their percentage to the point where they're even behind St. Kilda. So it's even harder for them. I mean, they have to win out and win out big in both games. And unfortunately, neither game is easy um, for them to win. So unfortunately, I don't see that happening. It just, oh, just a tough one. I, this, this, was, this was hard to watch, especially getting there late because I just, I really wanted Frio to have a good game mm-hmm. and to maybe pull this out. Mm-hmm. And to just to see how things would go, like could they stay in the finals hunt? And unfortunately, it just was not meant to be. Yeah, and then if it gets tough for Bears, technically they are still in there for a chance, but it's going to be even tougher. Obviously, I mean their season easily comes down to this Sydney Derby, or uh, excuse me, not the, not the Sydney Derby. I am, I again, my Derby's confused there. But this this show down there in Perth. Um. Ah, it, and it's like I said, it's getting even tougher because West Coast was not. Let's roll into this West Coast and over game because West Coast wasn't really looking good the last hand, hand, handful of rounds here. But even though they lose to Melbourne, they looked a lot better in this game than they have as of late. And I mean, maybe it's just the little, little Perth magic there going on at Optus, but. Who knows? They could bring a lot of this momentum into their next round game with Fremantle, and either team, whoever team uh, loses this, is out, uh, very well out of the finals. Fremantle might be already. West Coast definitely has a lot on the line in this game. But speaking about West Coast and Melbourne specifically, this is a really fun game because we saw some uh, a little bit of wet weather footy. There was that uh, about a, a was a half hour a stoppage um, that took place in the fourth term due to lightning. But man. Uh, 
if you look at the, the scoring in this one, it didn't really look like the rain was coming down all that hard because they still put up plenty of points and they were still pretty effective with the offense in this one, 72 to 63 with the final score, obviously a little bit uh, more inaccuracy, but even without the rain, I'm not surprised that these two teams ended up with the same goals behinds as what they ended up coming out with. Um, but here in, in this one, you had West Coast, they almost pull off the upset or the, the comeback in this one. They were down 30 points in, in, uh, in the fourth term. And they bring it back. They bring it back real down close here. They, they actually kicked the last four goals of the game. And maybe this was even spurred by that stoppage due to the lightning. Um, but they just fall just short. Um, you know, they're two main guys, Kenny and Darling. They combined for four as they end up being the most effective goal scorers for this Eagles team. And if you want to talk... Really, the, the three-headed buzzsaw that was the Melbourne side in this game was Ben Brown, Christian Petraka, and Clayton Oliver as Ben Brown kicks three goals, and Petraka and Oliver combined for 56 disposals in this one, both of them with 28. Yeah, this was this was game that was kind of... Up until the lightning, up until the lightning stoppage, Melbourne dominated this game. Mm -hmm. West Coast just looked inept at times. And it, it was kind of sad to see. I mean, I think a lot of people expected West Coast was going to give Melbourne a little bit of a run. Melbourne's kind of on shaky, shaky a little bit terms. West Coast Eagles have been kind of a team that people have kind of kicked a little bit because they've just, they've kind of picked and choose when they've decided to play. The lightning break happened. And I don't know if it sapped the energy out of Melbourne or if the West Coast kind of went okay we're gonna have to go now mm -hmm. and because the game flipped i mean the, the, if it weren't for that lightning break i think this is a 20 30 point win for melbourne i don't think this is ever a close game west coast came back out and was absolutely electric and the fans started getting into it to the point where like i said this this game the final score is completely not indicative of the way this game was this was a 20 point 30 point game most of the time mm -hmm. so I look at the final score. I mean, yes, it's great. It's a nine. It's a nine-point win. That's awesome. Melbourne wins the game, but this unfortunately is a little bit of fool's gold because the last 10, 12 minutes after they came back from the lightning break was really the only time that West Coast actually looked up and about and in this game of footy. So again, a, a big win for the Demons it puts them back at the top of the ladder. So we'll have to see how that goes. And again, another another West Coast loss again keeps them in the mire down there in the bottom of the ladder to where they're still fighting to keep their finals hopes alive. Mm -hmm. Oh man, but there's there's a couple things here. Is uh, do you think Melbourne can end up holding on to their top spot on the ladder here? Um, like with with the last couple of games to go, if we want to pull up uh, Melbourne's last couple remaining games, their opponents that they have to to cap out the season is Adelaide and a huge one against Geelong. And so right now, they do just have those two points ahead of those teams. Do you think it comes down to, the last, to that last game of the season? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I, I, I think they, sh they, should beat, they should beat the Adelaide Crows. Um, Emphasis on should. <laughs> again, well, right. we saw earlier in the year, but again, this will be in Melbourne. This won't be at the Adelaide Oval, so I think it might be a tiny bit of a different game. You have no Tex Walker. Um, this is this is a completely I think this is a completely different game. I think I think the D should win this game. The last game of the year is such it's a crapshoot. I mean, if I'm being honest with myself, it's down to GMHBA, which the cats usually play well. Well, mm -hmm. but 
they just lost to a GWS team that who also have knocked off Melbourne. So we'll really have to kind of see who's healthy, who's not in that game, who's playing, who's not, who's in form, who's not. That that last game, there, there's so many different ways it could go. I mean, I think the winner of that game could potentially be top of the ladder by the end of that game and through the offseason, but we'll, we'll have to see. I mean, there, there's still a few, the doggies are still in it, and Port Adelaide's still got a shot too, so we'll really have to see, but I'm that could be the marquee matchup of the final round just because that and the Western Bulldogs Port Adelaide game are literally the two matchups in the final round that's going to have everybody in their seats because two wins certain ways could see the dogs in Melbourne third and fourth and Port Adelaide and Geelong one, two, that, that's how crazy the final round could be. Mm-hmm. Oh boy. But what a round round 21 was. And we, we certainly are in for a show over the last couple rounds that we have here. But if you want to take a little bit of an updated look over at uh, the, the top of the ladder, what we have here going on is, um, maybe maybe um, my, at least my predictions here. We've been going through since the last uh, over the last three rounds now. We've been taking a look at uh, maybe predicting and, and trying to just um, go by week by week and see how the changes might be looking in our predictions for the top eight. And so right now, Donnie, I do have a couple of changes. Um, so I, I have a couple of changes. Not necessarily in the top four. The top four for me is locked, but it comes with the last two teams. And uh, I didn't have them in last round, but I still have GWS making it. it it's seven, and Essendon, they're eight. And to me, and as a fan of the GWS Giants and as a fan of footy, this is the outcome I'm hoping for. I'm hoping both GWS and Essendon make it into the finals. Oh man, I, I played I played with this a little bit. I did mm-hmm. find myself a little bit of time to, to go through this, and I'm... I really wish I would have wrote it down because I had I had some absolutely cracking situations because mm-hmm. um, I, I won't I won't give away my tips completely but let's just say <laughs> just say there is at least one team in the final eight right now that does not make it and at least one team that is not in the finals as we speak that is mm-hmm. so I'm I'm not gonna I, I I'm kind of I bounce back and forth with this one it's again the Richmond GWS game is. Again, it is it is a cha- game changer for mm-hmm. both teams. I when I when I did my simulation at this time, I had Richmond. I had Richmond winning again. I had I had been under the impression Toby Green was going to be out for two games. Mm-hmm. He still is out for this game against Richmond. I think this will hurt him. I think Richmond's playing better. I think Richmond should win this game this sure. weekend. Mm-hmm. I'm 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 hoping GWS wins just because I, I think it'd be fascinating to see the Richmond Tigers not make the finals. Sorry, Richmond Tigers fans, this is nothing personal, but I, it'd be interesting to see them not make the finals just to see how things would go if they mm-hmm. don't. Um, and then for me, I I ha- I have the eight. Um, I have Essendon winning both, and then GWS because of that loss to Richmond, they're out. Mm-hmm. Essendon in, Essendon eight, West Coast seven, mm, Sydney so got six. West Co- oh, the West Coast Eagles making it. Yes, so I have, I have, I have, I have them winning the Western Derby just because again, no break. It sounds like I think Brayshaw might be out for this game. Mm-hmm. I don't like the way they're looking. I think West Coast did play better. It's still going to be a very weird Western 
Derby just because neither team is playing very well. It's technically mm-hmm. a Frio home game. Yeah. So we'll have to see how that affects it. But I think West Coast has I think West Coast should win that game, which I think would then put them at forty four. There's no way they're gonna get knocked out then because no matter what Eston or Richmond does, they're still a full game behind. Mm-hmm. They can't jump West Coast. West Coast will stay at seven. And I have Essendon slipping in at eighth. And then I kind of like I said, I played around with it. I had one I had one way where Brisbane won the game between them and the West Coast Eagles. I had one with a loss. If Brisbane loses, Sydney will jump to fifth. Sydney will play Essendon in eighth, and the West Coast Eagles will play Brisbane. If mm-hmm. Brisbane beats West Coast, then Sydney will play West Coast. Brisbane will play Essendon. Yep. So a very, very interesting eight. I'm I'm almost kind of hoping that it happens that way, but we'll, we'll really have to see again. This um, this Richmond GWS game, and then I like I said, the, the West Coast Brisbane game is massive in, in the in the final week, along with this Western Derby. So West Coast road is not very easy. Um, exactly. can, can I give you could. can I give you something here real quick? Shoot, go ahead. So for talking, we're playing a lot of points that GWS Richmond game. If GWS loses that game, they're not they're probably um, they still have a chance to make it actually. But they have I'll, to win their last game against Carlton. Yep, for which sure. is I mean, you never know what you're going to get from either team. But uh, uh, I'll tell you right now that that game with Richmond and uh, or the game with Richmond and GWS, even if Richmond wins that, they're still not making it to the finals because of the last round of the season. I'm just going to give away my tip, my possible tip right now. If you want to take a look at who they're playing, please go ahead. Uh, you can call that, but uh. That's what I got. That's what I'm going with. <laughs> I, 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 if 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 the team that you're talking about mm-hmm. continues to play the the way they're playing, I am not. I'm, I'm seeing. I could potentially see the same thing happening. Like I, I think one of the ways that I did it, it did happen. Mm-hmm. That 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 last game of the season did not go Richmond's way, and that it it does cost them. It's, and I think it's the reason why I think Essendon gets in at eight instead of Richmond. AGWS seven, Essendon eight. Fingers crossed, because that's my dream matchup at this point in time. And also, speaking about time, we know what time it is, Donnie. You know what time it is, everyone listening to this. It's time for Coach Donnie's Team of the Round. So, Coach, take it away. And oh, let's man. see, if, did, we, did we get Brody Grundy on for another round? Let's see. I guess we'll have to wait and find out. I don't want to spoil it. We'll, 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 we'll save the suspense until we get closer <laughs> to it. But this another fascinating week this week. Um, uh, the stretched out round with Monday games does always make it fun. But um, if those who don't know, we are recording this on Tuesday because Monday I had technical difficulties at my household. I, I agree with Ooh. what Ross said in, in a communication. The footy gods like must like a long footy day for me on Tuesday days <laughs> after I, I get here from training. So so for for those of you, if I look a little I'll tired, I'm roosters. sorry. I, I, I literally just came from our last training before before our tournament this weekend, which I'll explain a little bit more at the end of that. Yeah. Okay. Team of the round, round 21. Let's start in the back. Um, I'm going to give a lot of love to to some guys here. Um, GWS Sam Taylor. Um, again, I said at the start, an incredible game. Um, not a massive stat guy, but he just, I got to give him this. 21 disposals, 17 intercept possessions, as I said. 12 marks, 3 tackles, 267 meters gained, and an incredible performance against Tommy Hawkins. Uh, Well-deserved. Geelong, again, always, it seems like. Tom Stewart. <laughs> 22 disposals, a behind. 10 intercept possessions, 3 scoring ballments, 10 marks, 3 tackles, and 492 meters gained. 
Carlton may have had a bad game, but this gentleman did not. Carlton's Nick Newman, 25 disposals, 12 intercept possessions, three score involvements, eight marks, five tackles, and 380 meters gained. We go to Richmond's Nick Vlosten, 30 disposals of behind, 10 intercept possessions, six score involvements, 14 marks, two tackles, and 40 and 430 meters gained. I, 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 I talked him up earlier. I got to give him some love. He's in the team. Ports, Alir, Alir. 21 disposals, 16 intercept possessions, 11 marks, and 400 meters gained. Finally, the last defender, St. Kilda, had an incredible game, so I'm going to give him a little bit of love here. St. Kilda's Jack Sinclair. 25 disposals, 10 intercept possessions, three score involvement, six marks, four tackles, and 420 meters gained. Drum roll, the ruck is... Brisbane's Oscar McInerney, 17 disposals, two goals, eight score involvements, three marks, seven clearances, two tackles, and 23 um, hitouts in the game. So Brody Grundy is not the starting ruck. We'll jump to the midfielders. GWS's Tim Taranto, 34 disposals, two goals, four intercept possessions, five score involvements, three marks, six clearances, uh, nine tackles, and 311 meters gained. I lost my place. Apologize. Uh, Gold Coast, Tuke Miller, 34 disposals, two goals, two intercept possessions, a goal assist, seven score involvements, seven marks, seven clearances, four tackles, and 358 meters gained. St. Kilda's Jack Steele, 34 disposals, six a goal, a behind, six intercept possessions, a goal assist, seven score involvements, six marks, six clearances, six tackles, and 307 meters gained. Hawthorne's disposal machine tom mitchell 44 disposals a goal three intercept possessions a goal assist 12 score involvements 10 marks eight clearances three tackles and 400 meters gained rounding out the midfield is brisbane's dane zorko 34 disposals a goal a behind eight intercept possessions five score involvements seven clearances 10 tackles and 816 meters gained we jump to the forwards i'll give him the man the myth the legend that is gws's toby green 16 disposals four goals a behind three intercept possessions eight score involvements and 425 meters gained we jump to it the string bean that is brisbane's joe danaher 17 disposals four goals a behind 10 score involvements and seven marks north Cameron Zerha, 10 disposals, four goals, two intercept possessions, four score involvements, four marks, and five tackles. St. Kilda's Jack Higgins found the center sticks this round with 16 disposals, four goals behind, two intercept possessions, five score involvements, four marks, and 212 meters gained. The man that led the goal kicking this round, Essendon's Peter Wright. 10 disposals, 7 goals, 9 score involvements, 7 marks, and 313 meters gained. Rounding out the forwards, you mentioned him when we talked about it. Frio's Travis Collier, 16 disposals, 3 goals, a behind, a goal assist, 6 score involvements, 4 marks, 2 tackles, and 214 meters gained. We jump to the bench. The rock on the bench is... Rio's Sean Darcy, 17 disposals, a goal, a behind, five intercept possessions, four score involvements, six marks, five clearances, two tackles, 29 hitouts, and 209 meters gained. Our defender is Brisbane's Harris Andrews, 20 disposals, 11 intercept possessions, two score involvements, and nine marks. 
Our midfielder on the bench is Western Bulldogs' Marcus Bontempelli. 34 disposals, a goal, a behind, two intercept possessions, a goal, assist, seven score involvements, four clearances, nine, uh, four marks, uh, my apologies, nine clearances, and 551 meters gained. Our forward, I'll give St. Kilda a little more love, St. Kilda's Dean Kent. 15 disposals, three goals, two goal assists, seven score involvements, seven marks, four tackles, and 321 meters gained. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is my coach of round, uh, my um, team of round 21. Love it. And so let's cap things off here with our power rankings and then the round 22 tipping here. But our power rankings took, uh, they finally got a little bit of a fresher look because, I mean, uh, fresh in the way where it's still the same five teams, but. Definitely a little bit of a mix-up, and this was a hard one to do because if you look at the top um, five teams that we had in here, between the Doggies, the Swans, um, uh, Boar Alley, excuse me, the Geelong Cats, and, and the Melbourne Demons, only two of those five teams won. So, al- although I-, I want to just keep some teams the way they were, but also you got a great look at form and then look at confidence, uh, there's a the three team slid, two teams moved up, and and so let, let's go through from five to one to see kind of where we match up here, Donnie. So at number five, I have the Western Bulldogs here. For me, I have the Sydney Swans. Unfortunately, a a bad loss to the St Kilda Saints. I can't mm-hmm. drop them completely out just because of the fact that. No. Some of the teams towards the bottom of the eight just did they do not have as impressive a record. And, and when you go four and one in your last five, yes, the losses in the last five, it's hard to really kick them out. So mm-hmm. I have the Swans at five. And with that too, I I uh, I have Sydney at four, just because uh, I the Western the Western Bulldogs seem a little bit shakier over the last um, handful of games. Sydney has looked a little more dominant. Also, I'm definitely not going to drop. I don't think a loss to a good St. Kilda team. Uh, is worthy of them getting kicked from one to five. I'm okay with it being at four. Definitely was not going to drop them off the list. And, and just want to uh, say that uh, the way, if Essen's able to finish off, or how, how are they able to finish off? I really want to put them in the top five this round. I just didn't really find a, like a way that I would be able to do so. Um, so I'm, I'm guessing, wait, do we got the doggies at four, Brett? I have four as the Melbourne Demons mm, again. Really? A, a, a win. Okay. A win, yes. Okay. A win. Not... But again, they've they've been a little less than impressive, mm-hmm. um, so we will really have to see. Yeah. Um, but again, I will go with the Melbourne Demons at four. And then three, uh, I had the John Cats drop from two to three in, in this one. Uh, we're on the same page there. Uh, Western Bulldogs. Oh, I have so- at three. Unfortunately, I'm I'm Ooh. I kind of the shift with this with this power ranking really kind of came off of who won it. Who lost? Yeah. Kind of who did what with where? The Western Bulldogs again. I, I Essendon is a tricky team, so I'm I'm not gonna ha- majorly hammer them, but I, I I can't put them ahead of two and one here just because of the fact that one was a win, one was a loss, but wasn't as interesting a loss as the Western Bulldogs. Mm-hmm. So does that mean number two you had the Geelong Cats? I have two the Geelong Cats again. Okay. Um, Four and one again, a lot like Sydney. Their last loss was the last round. I I, I don't really want to heavily downpour them again. I, I didn't have a lot, so it really kind of was um, number one was one of the few teams that won in, mm-hmm. in, in my top five. So it's kind of hard to argue that they were they did not jump up the one, especially considering mm-hmm. they have, have played so well. But the Cats again, I don't want to I don't want to 
take them down too far. I, yeah. I think this was a tough win. Um, this was a tough loss for them. So, um, so Geelong at two. See, one match you going to do. So that means we got Port Adelaide one for you, Donnie. I got a little bit of a shakeup then. You had Melbourne at four. After had Melbourne taking the top slot for me this round because. I mean, if you take a look at it, this this top five was was kind of difficult to make given who won, who lost. I still want to I I, I want to get like not be too hard the teams that lost because there's uh, it was hard games for for most of them. But also, I didn't want to be too I didn't want to not reward these teams for actually winning games. Uh, and so there's it seems like there's a lot of hair splitting here, like it usually is with these top five at the power rankings, but. When it comes down to it, I was going to have either Melbourne or Port Adelaide is my top one or two teams. And kind of what did it to me is kind of like I'll go back to my normal logic that I've been using all season long since I started this in round one. Which team, neutral playing ground, um, hell, let's, uh, let's call it Melbourne and Port Adelaide, let's call it and let's throw them at the MCG, see what happens there. Which team do I feel more confident in winning that game? To me, if I had to choose between Melbourne and Port Adelaide, I am choosing the Demons right now. So that's that's why they're number one. But and also, I just don't have like a whole hell of a lot of confidence in Port Adelaide, even though they deserve to be where they are on the ladder. It's kind of where kind of where I'm feeling right now. But like, I mean, either for me, you know, three, four, five is the Cats, Sydney, and in, in, uh, in the Western Bulldogs, they can jump back to one with one good win and going to round twenty-two. Yeah, I, I completely understand how you're going. For me, I like Port is getting healthy right now. Mm. I mean, when you get mm. Butters, you get Rosie, you get Dursma, you get Fantasia, you get Gray. That is some firepower, and it's all healthy now. It's all in your roster, and it's all getting better before the finals have started. Mm. If I'm the competition... Yes, Port has been less than impressive in games against upper quality team. But I'm going to tell you this right now. That is a team, if they get fully healthy and fully functional, they are scary good with the guys that are now back in their team. And playing in Adelaide is a tough, tough place to play, especially in the finals, as we Mm -hmm. saw last year. It took Mm -hmm. a special effort by Richmond to get by Port. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes, I completely understand. Some people are like, well, Port's been less than impressive. Yes, I understand that. But they did get the only win. They're one of only two wins in the top five. So it, it was really, this was a really difficult one just because so many teams in the eight lost this week. So yeah. this was this was a really difficult one. But I'm, I'm one of those, I want to be clicking now. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be clicking eight rounds ago no. like Melbourne was. Mm-hmm. If you really look at it, if you look at their 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 resumes right next to each other, right now Port's playing better footy. Yes, Melbourne's playing more difficult teams. Mm-hmm. You, you've got me on, on that one. I'm not going to argue with that. But Port's playing better footy right now because they're winning now. Melbourne is struggling. They're drawing. They're losing. Yes, they, they beat the West Coast Eagles. But again, the West Coast Eagles has been kind of a team that a lot of people have been kicking. Yeah. So we'll have to see. So, like I said... They get the Western Port gets the Western Bulldogs in round 23. That is going to be absolutely critical, and that could be a make or break it for this Port team. They win that one. They go into the finals with a ton of momentum. Very true. Oh, man, it's going to be a blast to see how uh, much more these change after round 22. And then if we're going to talk about round 22, let's cap things off with our tipping. Of course, if we're just 
um, uh, where I get all my information from, just going off the AFL website. So if I'm wrong, I can just blame the official AFL website and not myself. So I have a really good out here. Uh, or if I get any information incorrect. But right now, the only set game that we have dating time-wise is the the uh, the Western Derby between the Fremantle Dockers and the West Coast Eagles there in Perth on Sunday. Everything else, dating times are still listed as to be confirmed. So we're just going to go through things in the order that I have the AFL website listing. And so I guess let's start things off with Frio and the West Coast Eagles. And hey, hey Rob, yeah, hey, I, I I know I know normally I don't interrupt you, but oh, I yeah. do know this for sure. Oh, what do we know? Through things, please. First game of the round, Friday night footy, GWS Richmond. Okay. Probably not a bad idea to tip that one first just okay. because that is the first game of the round. So we're still going to have that even though, I mean, I guess. Uh, so we got that confirmed, though. Uh, maybe they just haven't updated the website yeah. off of what we're going on. Yep, off it is. It, everything that I'm hearing, that is the most likely. Again, it, it's rough, that, but they're pretty sure that GWS Richmond will be the Friday night footy game. Well, okay. Well, let's go with the expert here. We, he's a correspondent for a reason, so we're, I'm going to listen to him as well. Um, so let's go with the GWS Giants and the Richmond Tigers. Is, and then we're still set to take place at Giants Stadium in the – in, uh, correct. Giant Stadium is New South Wales, still red. Uh-huh. Um, my gut tells me somewhere, either um, potentially GMHBA, mm. uh, Marvel. I, in fact, I've I've seen some memes that are going around going if if GWS really wants to have a lot of fun with Richmond, uh-huh. they should want to play it at Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, when it comes to when it comes to my tip. Um, the loss of Toby Green, I, I'm, I'm hoping I'm not doing a Groundhog's Day here and going no Toby Green. I don't think they can pull off a win against mm-hmm. Richmond. I'm, I'm gonna tip Richmond on this, but I'm worried that it potentially could happen again. That Leon Cameron pulls a rabbit out of his hat. He finds a way to inspire his boys that with no, with no Toby Green, that they find a way to win this. I'm gonna tip Richmond, but. The, the majority that I'm seeing in some of the tipping places that I'm seeing actually have GWS as a favorite. So that's why I like to see because I'm actually going to tip GWS here as well just because, you know, Toby Green definitely aids the team, but we've seen like kind of what you're alluding to. We've seen him time and time again without him playing um, and being active member of the game. So I'm going to be optimistic. I normally don't do this. I'm going to be optimistic with my GWS Giants. I'm going to tip them in this game and – Hey, also, like you said, let's hope it gets in Marvel because that'd just be a lot more fun. And this is one hell, um, I mean, presumably, this is going to be one hell of a way to start off round 22 with a huge game with huge finals implications. But uh, should, should we just jump to uh, to the Frio and, and West Coast now? I mean, if you want, we can do that. Well, hey, let's just go in order with, with what the, the website's given us. Uh, I, I think we'll be good to go here. But we can do the Western Derby Fremantle Dockers, West Coast Eagles. Technically, like uh, the Fremantle Dockers are going to be the home team here at Optus. But kind of what I was talking about in our in our round breakdown, given what we saw from Frio this round against Brisbane and what we saw from West Coast this round against the Melbourne Demons, I don't I, I don't feel confident. And honestly, I don't feel confident in tipping either team. I just feel less confident in kicking in, in tipping Frio this one. That's why I'm going to roll with the road team, the West Coast Eagles. 
Oh, if Frio would have performed better, if Frio would have won against Brisbane, I'd be yes. much more inclined to tip Frio. But unfortunately, mm-hmm. I think West I think West Coast not having to travel, Western Derby, yes, it's a Frio home game. I just think West Coast has just caught a little too much. Unfortunately, like I said, I'm now still not completely sure whether Brayshaw is playing or not. If he isn't, that is a huge blow. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that makes Frio's even more difficult journey even more difficult. So I'm going to tip West Coast, but whenever I tip West Coast, it always seems to blow up in my face. So we'll really have to see how this goes. <laughs> how it goes for me too. So I, I guess we're going to see here. Uh, but the next game, mm-hmm. let's uh, let's go to Brisbane and Collingwood. Uh, this is definitely an interesting one here because I, I could give Collingwood a lot, lot of credit. I almost want to tip him in this one, given what we saw off a recent form. I mean, I think this is going to be a really close game and a well-played game by the Collingwood Magpies. I just think that Brisbane should have a little bit more of what it takes to get it done in this one. So that's why I'll rock with the Lions. I'm going to tip Brisbane on this one, but I agree. Um, this is this is going to be an interesting, interesting game because Bris- this is a game Brisbane cannot lose. If, if Brisbane want to stay in fifth place and want to at least continue to hold out hope they can potentially get into the top four, they cannot lose this game. So I will tip the Brisbane Lions in this one. And the next one that we got listed on the website is going to be Geelong and St. Kilda. And this could be a bit of a dangerous one for the Cats, but St. Kilda, obviously they're good enough to be Sydney. I think St. Kilda on, on the best, playing their best footy, they're also good enough to at least contend, if not knock off the Geelong Cats. But I think the Cats are going to be able to regroup enough um, in this one, they should be able to St. Kilda and um, beat St. Kilda, but I think it's a, a really close game. St. Kilda, unfortunately, is far too inconsistent for me. Um, mm-hmm. Great game, but unfortunately, normally when they play a great game, they back it up with an atrocious game. Yeah. And down at GMHBA Stadium, never an easy place to play. I, I, I'm going to have the Cats in this one, but this is my keep an eye out because if St. Kilda plays with the same intensity that they played against the Swans, they're a chance. And let's go with the Gold Coast Suns and the Essendon Bombers. Oh man, if the Bombers blow this one, I'm going to be so, so disappointed. But there's there's a chance. It really depends on kind of what, what kind of Suns team we get here. But the Dons should be able to get this one and get themselves that much closer to a finals berth. This is absolutely critical. The Bombers cannot stuff this up. They have to win this game. I believe they've got a little too much. Uh, Gold Coast is playing much better footy. This is going to be a tighter game than I think some people are thinking. I'm going to tip the Bombers in this one. But the Gold Coast are pesky. Keep an eye out. And let's go to uh, a bit of a really interesting uh, game given what's been going on the last number of rounds. We have the Hawthorne Hawks and the Western Bulldogs. And if we want to tip underdogs, I would definitely recommend tipping the Hawthorne Hawks in this one against the Doggies. I think the Doggies should be able to pull off this one, but I actually really like the Hawks' chances in this game. If I'm the dogs, I'm loving that I get Hawthorne now before the Port Adelaide game because you can figure out a few things, especially with the loss of Bruce. How do you approach this? How does does Beveridge handle this? Because this is critical because you are going to need this warm-up game to settle yourself for 
the game against Port because it could be absolutely critical if you want to stay in the top four um, to to not um, to go in with a win against Port Adelaide. Mm-hmm. Um, you cannot lose this game against the Hawthorne Hawks. They are they are playing much better footy. They're, I think they're going to test this Doggies team, but I agree. I think the Doggies just have a little too much in this one, um, so I'm going to have the Dogs. And let's go to the Melbourne Demons and the Adelaide Crows. Uh, Noah Taylor-Walker, no chance. I'm going with Melbourne all the way. I'm not going to say no chance, but it's definitely very fleeting. I give it slim to none with a better chance of none, unfortunately, on this one. Um, I think the D's get a good shot to put a nice percentage booster and maybe put themselves a little out of reach for the chasing pack when it comes to minor premiership. And following up their loss to St. Kilda, Sydney has a really interesting and really important game uh, this round because they're taking out the North Melbourne Ruse. And, oh, man, I, I like I, I want to have Sydney. I believe Sydney should win this game. But the Ruse could play this team really hard. And, and you might have to call the upset alert on this one, too. This is the game that, honestly, if they would have beaten – like. I'm going to take you into my mind here okay. just really quick. Okay, let's go. Um, if Sydney wouldn't have lost to St. Kilda, this was the game that scared me of mm-hmm. the final two. This was the one that scared me because of the way North Melbourne was playing. I think that loss to St. Kilda may have reset the switch for St. Ki- for, for Sydney. I'd be a tiny bit worried if I'm North because you may get an angry Sydney. You may get a Sydney that is going to try to just absolutely pump the scoreboard i'm gonna have sydney winning this i think this potentially could be a little little like the tigers game i think north melbourne stays in the game stays close maybe even leads it a little bit the way sydney's been playing their first halves but i think sydney rolls it in the second half gets gets a nice w uh to get themselves back on the winning track and and still push themselves to maybe get fifth place um uh going into the finals and the last game that we're going to have this round is Port Adelaide and the Carlton Blues. And man, Port Adelaide, they're just too damn good against non-top eight teams. And they're too damn good against most of the teams that they play. And Carlton has just been so damn inconsistent and just really disappointing. I have to tip the power in this one. Power, power on this one. And David Teague has to keep this close. If he if he continues to want to keep the light on his proverbial coaching career at Carlton, this cannot be a blowout. If this gets ugly, this really is potentially the death, the, the the final nail in potentially Teague's coffin as coach at Carlton. Mm-hmm. Port Adelaide, this is another just like I said with the doggies, another great game to get them ready for that marquee matchup in round twenty three. But ladies and gentlemen, that is going to do it for our round 22 tip. And round 22, we're already here. And it, it's a really fun thing here, but it also does suck because we're getting already, we're, we're getting that much closer to the end of the season. But it is all good. But Donnie and everyone out there, thank you so much for joining us here today. Always a, a blast, especially when we got rounds and carrying the foot to talk about this. But sir, like usual, your thoughts about round 22 in one word or phrase oh if, if if round 21 is any precursor to the way this is insane 
is the word I'm going to use because there there are possibilities the way some of these matchups are set up. This could be another insane round of footy when it comes to upsets, when it comes to scores, when it comes to how the ladder will look with one round to go before the finals. So I will go with the word insane. I love that. Ladies and gentlemen, round 22 is going to be absolutely insane. We cannot wait to have you right back here on Wednesday, uh, I guess Wednesday morning, American time, uh, Wednesday evening, Australian, wait, no, is it evening or is it late? No, late night, late night Australian time is when this drops. Oh man, I swear I hate these damn times. That's so stupid, but we cannot wait to see you here. Thank you so much for being here with us for the entire season. We can't wait to have you here through the rest of the regular season and the rest of the finals. Enjoy the hell out of round 22 and hopefully your team wins it unless you're Richmond. Then go Giants. Hey, hey Ross, before we close out. Yes. Um, just real quick for the, for those of you, you already had that awesome uh, go roosters. I appreciate that. Oh, yeah. Keep an eye out. Our roosters team will be in Madison, Wisconsin for our sub regionals. I mean, not only the Madison, Wisconsin, um, but what about the merch that we just dropped on Twitter? Mm. I know, right? Oh. But, oh, oh, I will. Yeah, I was going to get right to it right after that. So, so we play sub regionals. Keep an eye out on the Des Moines roosters Twitter on my Twitter. I will be, updating you on how we are going i think i just i just got an instant message from our secretary it sounds like we're actually going to be combining with st louis so this is going to be really exciting they have a lot of young really talented players i'm looking forward to working with them i cannot wait for that so keep an eye out as the roosters and the blues will be joining forces to play in our tournament play out there so keep an eye on how we were going um, both on the blues on on the blues uh, twitter page on mine keep an eye on instagram we're going to keep an eye on that and as ross has so accidentally led me into it the roosters merch store has dropped we have our merch out there unfortunately australians it is not international sales right now. I am working on something right now. I also have another idea that I'm working on, potentially a t-shirt slash jumper exchange that I'm gonna think, I think I might start doing um, as a way to help send some of our roosters gear over to Australia. But those that aren't in here in the States, um, keep an eye out. I'm gonna make sure that our roost, the roosters Twitter page has put out the, that. I will as well very soon when I get an opportunity to do that very soon on my inst on my twitter and hopefully i can get it up on my instagram as well for our merch store uh, please take a look at it if there's anything on the store that um you're not seeing or there's there's a brand a style of t-shirt that you want dm me or the roosters club and i can work on getting that into the store for you to be able to purchase so then you can get a nike adidas under armor anything like that this is a really cool store this is a great opportunity for us we've never had a permanent store so this is absolutely awesome so thank you for let me get my my, my <laughs> sneaky little roosters plugs in there awesome Ross, thank you so much hey go plug that merch store and go roosters and go giants we'll see you next round after the next round ladies and gentlemen